Next on BYU Sports Nation, unpredictable, unexpected, and unequivocally a win for BYU football. But at what cost? ESPN's Trevor Maddich and Spencer Hadley weigh in on Tanner Mangum, ECU, and Friday's matchup with Cincinnati. Plus, we go live with BYU football for Monday Perspective on the Cougs and who deserves your helmet sticker after Saturday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station back to work on a Monday live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. October 12th, wherever and however you're dialed in, always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with hide-and-seek specialist Jerem Jordan. I didn't know I was such. I did see the uh, universe publish uh, information about people playing hide-and-seek and the cops couldn't find them. The police blotter. Yeah, so apparently yeah, a, group of a, students, a group of students that may or may not have been under the direction of Jerem Jordan. <laughs> I was not hanging out on campus. Oh, they got called. They got, the, the university police got called to the HVAC, the Harris Fine Arts Center. Mm-hmm. With reports that a group of students were playing hide-and-seek, and then it says they couldn't find them. But the police <laughs> arrived, but were not able to find any students. Success! That's a pretty good game of hide-and-seek to me. That is a fantastic yeah. way to get done, get that done. And that's the place to play it. I mean, if you've ever been there... like It's a dungeon. How do you not get lost and, in there at some and point? And dragons. Yeah. Man. Also, the text message I received from Jerem Jordan at approximately... Oh, I don't know. In the middle, two, middle two of in the elders afternoon quorum, yesterday. You know, in church. One in the afternoon. Yeah, I texted like you 24-7. That was the Seahawks-Bengals score. Then it got went downhill for the Seahawks. And the Bengals uh, tied the game and then won the game in overtime. Jeremy, you should have known that when you sent that text message, it was a 17-point differential. nonsense. 17-plus when that Dude, was sent. Superstition stinks. <laughs> Oh, don't step over this white line on the first or third base paths. My you Cincinnati let, Bengals are 5 and 0. Your life? My Cincinnati Bengals are 5 and 0, oh, baby. Just wait till it's November. Andy Dalton will start turning it over. Let's hope the Seahawks are playing relevant football Seahawks in November. Seahawks were 3 and 3 last year. 2 and 3 right now. That's the model. Here are today's <laughs> BYU Sports Nation headlines. Cougar football victorious. They beat East Carolina 45-38, led by Tanner Mangum's 332 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Algie Brown leveraged the BYU Sports Nation karma with four touchdowns. Also, Paul Meyerberg of USA Today re-ranking all of the FBS teams has BYU at number 32. Well, look at that. Fifth-ranked women's soccer beats San Diego 1-0 Friday night. If you missed it, a school record 49 shots and 19 corner kicks. That's a lot of useless offense, but they got the win. Just find a way. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah had a sack for the Lions in Detroit's 42-17 loss to the Cardinals. Wani Unga led the Giants in tackles in a three-point win last night against the 49ers. And 15th-ranked women's volleyball beat St. Mary's Saturday in Moraga in three sets, led by Alexa Gray's 19 kills. Okay. So much going on. So much going on in this game with BYU on Saturday night. And so many guys stepped up. So that brings us to an early Twitter question. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over e- ECU? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Who gets the helmet sticker? We, we will tell you ours coming up in the show. But for now, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What to expect when you're unexpecting. 
See what I did there? Uh Uh-huh. We Uh spent a good part of Friday's show highlighting the strange, unexpected things that have happened and will continue to happen within the college football season for this BYU football team. College football is unpredictable and awesome. I love it. This Saturday is going to be amazing as well. Let's start with this storyline after Saturday night. Tanner Mangum, his legend continues to grow, leaves the game with an injury. We don't know the specifics of that, and we probably won't know until Friday just because it's a short week, and why would you give that away? Yeah, exactly. It it looks like a hamstring issue, obviously. He comes back into the game after BYU blows a 17-point lead, tied 38 apiece, and engineers the game-winning touchdown drive. While he's hobbled. Leading by 17 is a bad thing, apparently. Seriously. (laughs) Channeling his inner Robbie Bosco in 1984 or Willis Reed, if you like the basketball references. Stakes a little bit different, but I feel you. But the amazing thing about it, he made a third down throw to Taron Houck on that drive. And that's his plant foot. His right leg is his plant foot. That's all arm strength at that point. The moment Tanner Mangum hobbles off the, the field... You just have flashbacks to Nebraska, a non-contact injury for BYU's quarterback. This stinks. And we don't know what the situation with Tanner Mangum moving forward is. But he came out, Bo Hodge did his best to come in and try and get something going through a pick, ill-advised throw. Uh, Bo Hodge will be better prepared going into the game this week for whatever happens, whatever the situation. But Tanner Mangum comes back into the game. And that moment was described to me like this by a friend. When Tanner Mangum hobbled back onto the field, the, the roar from the crowd wasn't, oh, BYU's going to go down and score. It was, BYU won the game. But just by him going out there, it was that feeling. And he also said this, that's the closest it's felt like Jimmermania since Jimmermania. And I thought, wow, because there have been some big moments since then, since Jimmermania. And that was a huge moment. He comes out there, gutsy performance, BYU wins. He did what he needed to do to win the game. And that O-line was good. Algernon Brown, uh, the box is stacked with eight players, and he scores a rushing touchdown from nine out for the win. And again, BYU wins a game, tied or trailing in the fourth quarter with Tanner Mangum. All four wins have had that. Isn't that amazing? If there was any question from any fan or any teammate of Tanner Mangum's about, oh, is he going to be the guy? No one was questioning that. I think they've been answered. You're nuts if you brought that up. Seriously, I looked at David Nixon and Brian Logan. BYU is up 17. He hobbles off the field. And I said, okay, if this this game is tied or if ECU takes the lead, mark my words, Tanner Mangum will come back into this game. There's no way he was going to let his team lose. And at the time, BYU is up 17. So they can afford to not rush him back out there in hopes of winning. Now, now if that game had been tied or trailed a little quicker earlier, he may have played a little earlier. But what a gutsy performance. And now, now halfway through the season, what? BYU's 4-2, which I think is a pretty good record through six. How about that? Yeah, how about that? At Rokoto10 on Twitter said this. His name, Jeff's Han- His name is Jeff Hansen. He said, I'm tired of people talking about BYU's lack of depth. They're 4-2. Has the depth not been tested? Pointing out that they do have depth on this team to pull off what they have going through so many injuries. Sure, credit those that guys. that was a great point. And the main depth that you point out is that Tanner Mangum's there, that you had a backup quarterback that could come in, and BYU did not go on a four-game losing streak this year. They went four and two. Uh, you look at the games after that, uh, you know, three and two in those game, the next five. Will Tanner Mangum be able to play on Friday? He did say this right after the game. 
you know, just a little bit, little tightness in my hamstring. But uh, you know, the trainers are doing a good job. They'll they'll take care of it. Um, I was able to get back in, which was all that matters. As long as we win, you know, that's all I really care about. You know, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'll be all right. As long as we win, that's all that matters. Yeah, he's downplaying the injury for sure, and we'll see. Maybe maybe it was just. A, a cramp or something. I don't know. And he plays and he's good. That's the hope, right? Um, but but what if not? What what if not? Bo Hodges has got to be ready to go this Friday. We might have to play meet that quarterback this week. <laughs> I don't want to, but we meet might have to. that quarterback. Second storyline I want to bring up. BYU trailed 14 to nothing and East Carolina had completed one pass. Yeah, blocked punt will do that for you. Uh, 14 nothing is a deficit that hadn't been good for BYU. In fact, hadn't happened before. Uh, BYU coming back to win, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 14-point comeback is its largest in the last 11 seasons. That's the Bronco Mendenhall era since 2005. What? BYU not trailed in a game by 14 and won that game. But they did. They outscored ECU by 31 to go up 17, down 14, up 17. They They scored 28 straight after going down 14. 500 yards of total offense again. ECU, by the way, put up 518. If you thought that was a tough offense, just wait for Cincinnati Friday night. Those guys are even better. The one play that I will never forget from this season, specifically from this game against ECU, was Bronco Mendenhall opting to go for it on fourth and one on his own 34-yard line with BYU down 14 to nothing. Who ran out the alumni flag? Virgil Carter. Virgil Carter must have been waving a desperation flag in that moment. Because BYU, if BYU doesn't get that, they might go down 21 to nothing. Whoa. And that's tough to come back. The largest comeback in BYU history is 27. 2002 at Utah State. I went to that game. Fourth and one on your own 34, down by 14. They convert. Later, Tanner Mangum makes a nice check down throw to Algie Brown for his first of four touchdowns. And BYU starts to pull the momentum back. I want to point this out. A lot of people like to hammer Robert and I. Give him credit for the game plan that he uh, uh, had offensively and that he called. There was so much variety. They go for it on fourth. They get it. Uh, there's a, you know, a fake pun. I know that's Bronco, but BYU was aggressive, and it was awesome, and they ran the ball, and they made great throws. Tanner Mangum, 72% completion percentage, 45 points in this game. Offensively, fantastic. Defensively, another thing. BYU scored 28 straight points after going down 14-0. Part of that because of a blocked punt by BYU in response to ECU blocking one of the Cougars' kicks and a fake punt fourth down conversion by Johnny Linehan. This is BYU we're talking about. They don't do these things. And that was a, that was a, big, uh, that was a big play uh, in that game. BYU was aggressive, needed these. It ends up being a, a situation where BYU went up 17, an injury happens. So all the... All the plays matter in a game. They all matter towards that final result, right? So everything that happens. Algernon Brown had two fumbles and dropped a third down uh, that would have been a first with Bo Hodge. He ends up having four touchdowns and the game-winning touchdown. I will take those. Obviously, you don't want that stuff. But just want to point this out. Hey, Sports Nation Karma, baby. BYU Sports Nation Karma. He was on the show a week earlier. Saturday Saturday. morning. Yeah. And then he has four touchdowns. JS, just saying. (laughs) Has it become that now, JS? Oh, sure. Oh, goodness. Now, I do want to bring this back around to what Bronco Mendenhall said in his post-game comments about his quarterback, Tanner Mangum. Listen to this from the head coach. 
Man, what a what a remarkable performance by Tanner. I didn't expect to see him come back. Certainly glad that he did. He just kind of keeps doing things that are pretty amazing. Now, we interviewed Adam Hine earlier this season, and he walked up those Richards building steps, breathing heavy the whole time. Tanner Mangum better not be walking up those steps this week. Don't walk up those steps. Elevators. Elevators. There's a building named the Tanner Building. Go through that, Tanner Mangum. (laughs) Elevators. Get around campus. Take it easy. Crutches. Wheelchair. I don't care. BYU needs that hamstring to be fine on Friday night. It's a good weekend. It's a good weekend. And this week it's a Friday night game. I'm stoked because I can watch all these awesome Saturday games, including Michigan, Michigan State. How about Michigan? Oh, my goodness. They're legit. They last Trevor Maddox. BYU what he wasn't about an Michigan. anomaly. Yeah. They were part of a streak. Michigan's really good. I still feel terrible about that game, but I feel a little less terrible. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS and join us on BYU Sports Nation. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over ECU? At SA underscore BYU fan says, Mangum and Whiskers Brown. Nice show reference. Algie Brown. <laughs> when in the game together, the offense clicks... As the defense has to guess run or pass. A nice balance from Robert and I right there. Up next on the show, Trevor Maddich makes his weekly stop to BYU Sports Nation. What was the thing that impressed him the most on Saturday night? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Inside BYU Football airs tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern Time, an all-access look at BYU Football as the Cougars took down the ECU Pirates and now prepare for Cincinnati. Check it out Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern. The dramatics of Tanner Mangum coming back into the game after he left with a hamstring injury. All so it on display inside BYU football. Yeah, we don't even know, right? Still no know. official word. It, yeah. it looks like a hamster. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over ECU? Is it Tanner Mangum? How about Algie Brown with four touchdowns? The special teams collectively. That is our Twitter question. Use the hashtag BYUSN to reply. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, ESPN College Football Insider, BYU National Champion, Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, welcome back once again. We're halfway through the season. Halfway through, and I'll tell you what, if, if we thought that BYU would have this record with just two losses halfway through, you know, if we talked about it in August, I think we'd say, you know, that, would, that that's a really good start. Not too shabby. Also not too shabby, the fact that you got to hang out with MMA all-star Ronda Rousey and even took a shot from her in a picture. <laughs> Actually, Ronda Rousey turned out to be really cool. I walked into the green room at uh, at ESPN to start my tape study, and, and lo and behold, there's Ronda Rousey sitting on the couch, uh, kind of sideways with her legs kicked out across the, the rest of the couch, <laughs> tweeting, right? So I'm, uh, I, I just don't want to bother her. She's there with some of her, her entourage, her publicist, et cetera. And so I just started watching tape. And after a while, you know, I just joined the conversation. And it turned out she is really cool. I mean, really nice. What a good person. And we started talking about similarities between football and MMA, you know, and what kind of things they do that football players do. They just call it a different thing, right? In the way you, you attack somebody or the way you treat them when they attack you, the way you rush the passer, things like that. And so I'm, I'm thinking if there's an opportunity, I want to fly out to wherever she is with a camera crew. And we may end up doing a football breakdown 
using Ronda Rousey's MMA technique. So there, there's some interesting things coming up. Hey, any excuse to hang out with Ronda Rousey sounds like a good one to me, right? <laughs> yeah, you just best be nice to her because she can she can take you down if she has a mind to. No That's question. Right. Hey, our Twitter question today, Trevor, is this. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over ECU? What do you think? Oh, it's got to be Tanner Mangum. It's got to be Tanner Mangum. You know, and Algie Brown was fantastic. A lot of people on this team had, had a big game. But I've got to give it to Mangum for the way he came back. I've got to tell you that I was on the field for that holiday bowl against Michigan back in the day when Robbie Bosco was knocked out of the game. Limped off the field, and uh, they, you know, we thought that, that we were in a lot of trouble now because we're in a game that, that could win or lose us the national championship. And all of a sudden, back comes Robbie with his leg all, all taped up like it's a piece of wood and finishes the game. And it was, it was an amazing moment. And when I saw Tanner Mangum limp off, you know, I think he went to the locker room, right? Then he limps back on the field later in the game to help him to seal that victory. That, that's what came to mind. And I thought that was a gritty performance. I mean, it's one thing to sling the ball all over the yard, which he does. But he, he channeled his inner defensive tackle when he came back out on that field. And I thought that was a magnificent moment in the season for BYU. How tough is it as a team and the mentality that goes along with it when you watch a guy who is your leader and your quarterback have to leave that game? How much of an impact does it really have on the entire team? You know, I think it's a, it's a thing that, that is worse when it's the second time it happens within a couple of months because it happened with, you know, the starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, you've got the backup quarterback limping off as well. And now you're thinking, look, we've got a good season going on. We've got good things happening. And the next thing you know, it, it seems like that's crumbling. But what the guys did was they rallied. They rallied. And, you know, when Taysom Hill went out, they rallied. Then when Tanner Mangum went out, they rallied. Bo Hodge came in, and he did throw that interception. But I tell you what, I like some of the signs. I like some of the things he did in the time that he was in. But I like best what the rest of the players did because they didn't wilt. They fought all the harder. And that's the character of this team being revealed. I mean, so many things have happened to this team. They've had five years' worth of crazy stuff so far in the first half of the season. And the way they've responded, I think, is, is something that you just never know by talking to them because you can't claim that you would do it that way. You have to have something happen and then show what you do do. And I like the way the team rallied when Tanner went out and the way they were inspired when he came back in. A wild stat that has happened so far this year is that in all four wins for BYU the, uh, under Tanner Mangum, the Cougars were either tied or trailed in the fourth quarter. Was it? What is it about Tanner Mangum that has led him to be successful and win these tight games? You know, he's fearless. And I think that part of that comes from faith. I really do. I think he's got faith in his abilities. He's got faith in his coaches and his teammates. And he's not afraid. He goes out there and plays the game. You can play football uh, afraid, and that means you'll sort of dial it back and play not to make the mistake. And, but then you don't do anything good on a proactive, positive way. And we saw with the Hail Mary against Nebraska and everything going forward that Tanner Mangum will let it hang out. And in case people think that he just gets lucky once in a while, uh, let's go to a metric that ESPN uses to rate quarterbacks. It's called the quarterback rating, and it's more than just the passer rating because it has to do with what he does and when he does it. So, for example, take
taking a sack on third down is worse in the QBR than taking a sack on, on first down. Uh, if you run, if you scramble and run for a third uh, to convert a third down, you get credit in your quarterback rating because you're helping the team win. Things like this. They adjust that quarterback rating for the caliber of the defense that you played. So if you played a great defense and your numbers are not very good, the adjusted quarterback rating might, you know, will, will go up for you. If you play a, a cupcake defense and you light them up, your, your rating will be adjusted downward accordingly. Now, the reason I say that is that nationally, Tanner Mangum, well, well, it goes from zero to 100. Okay, 100 is a perfect rating. 50 is in the middle. Right now, Tanner Mangum, is, his adjusted quarterback rating is 33rd in the nation. Wow. At 67.6. Now, remember, 100 is perfect, 50 is average. At 67.6, that means he's well above the average of helping his team win football games as a true freshman coming just freshly off of a mission. And then when you look at this game against East Carolina, it gets even better. Because his adjusted quarterback rating, based on the caliber of the defense that he faced, um, the, uh, is, is really good. The raw quarterback rating was 87.5 out of 100. Out of 100. Wow. So it's not just Tanner out there throwing the ball high in the air. And what we see are the highlights, but there's a whole lot more lowlights. We don't see that from Tanner Mangum. We see the arm talent and the savvy to be able to put the ball where he wants to put it better than most quarterbacks in his position. But we also see a faith that he's willing to do it. He's willing to rely on that arm talent and on his own capabilities and on his teammates. And right now, he is as bad as he's ever going to be. He will get nothing but better. And I think the future is so bright for Tanner Mangum and BYU football because, you know, as he learns the offense – for goodness sake, he didn't even know the offense. He thinks he does, but he doesn't. As he learns the <laughs> offense, things, things are going to start to get downright thrilling. ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. It helps when you have receivers that will beast the ball, Trevor. And I want to reference a tweet that you sent back to BYU Sports Nation during the game. You said, BYU wide receivers playing angry, love it. And who knew Tanner Mangum could channel Houdini? Explain that tweet and did you see enough from the receivers throughout the entirety of that game in terms of beasting the ball? I loved what the receivers did. In the early part of the season, after the Nebraska game especially, you saw the receivers you know, go out for a pass, and when the ball came to them, they caught it. And when it didn't, oh, well. You know, and they, they ran their routes, but it didn't, they didn't seem to run their route like they were being chased by a grizzly bear. You know, And uh, it, it, this game... And really last week as well. But this game even better, they did. The receivers were, were running with a purpose. Like if they didn't run this route as hard as they possibly could, as correctly as they possibly could, somebody would, you know, poke them in the eye with a sharp stick, you know. And they, they went up for the ball with a vengeance, like we talked about, with that hateful attitude that they hate to lose the catch even more than they love to make the catch. Devon Blackman was just fantastic. He's not the biggest of the guys, but he was beasting the ball with the best of them. Mitch Matthews, for goodness sake, I mean, you didn't need to see his face to see that he was in a, a growl the whole time. I mean, just his body language and the way he played, the way he went after the ball. Taron Houck, once again, had a couple of really good plays. And, and the fact that the body language and the effect of the receiver was so much more violent in their intent 
they can't always express the violence because they're running around and they're not hitting somebody. But but the way they go into a break, come out of the break, attack the ball, bounce off off the ground, there's a violence in that attitude. And I think the receivers are, are really improving game after game. The Houdini thing with uh, with Tanner Mankum was pretty funny. He had a, an unblocked rusher coming right right at him, and he he held the ball till the last second. Then he pulled it down and ducked a little bit to his left, and the rusher ran right past him. I mean, right past him. And then Tanner pulled up and threw the ball. And I thought it was fantastic. I thought, okay, well, some some quarterbacks avoid rushers like Godzilla. Tanner Mangum just avoided a rusher like Houdini. Nicely done by Tanner Mangum. And that was a touchdown throw to Taron Houck. Now Cincinnati comes to Provo. Short week. Questions about Tanner Mangum's health. Uh, appears to be a hamstring. You know, what happened there? Just, even if Tanner Mangum is healthy, this was going to be a competitive game. BYU favorite in this game. Uh, Cincinnati presents a legit threat uh, in Provo, Trevor. It seems like they have one of the best offenses in the country right now. Uh, they do, and, and it, it stands up. I mean, their, their starting quarterback, who was an experienced guy, uh, Gunnar Keel, went out with an injury. Hayden Moore, a young guy, came in and has been lighting it up. I mean, he's been he's been absolutely lighting it up. His adjusted quarterback rating is is fifty three point one. Remember, fifty is average. So, as a young guy, he hasn't been doing as well as Hayden, or excuse me, as, as Tanner. But but he's shown that he's got a ton of arm talent. And even so, when you look at the totality of what the offense of Cincinnati has done, they are one of the best passing attacks in the country. So, I expect this to be a, a shootout. I expect the BYU offense to be ready to have to go deep early and often, because this could be a game on the scoreboard, much like we saw against East Carolina. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, let's take a national perspective now. A couple of teams, one notably that has played against BYU and Utah. Michigan is making a very quick ascent up the polls. Is Michigan a legitimate Big Ten title contender? They certainly are. They certainly are. And the reason is the way their defense has been playing. Their offense is coming along, but their offense isn't going to, you know, be be crushing. They're not they're not Baylor's offense. Let's put it that way. But their defense has been absolutely astonishing. I mean, when when Michigan shut out BYU, it looked like it was just a really bad day for BYU. But all of a sudden now, you've got them shutting out the last three teams in a row. And if you go back to game two, you know, after they went out to Utah, they lost that game by one touchdown, and they committed a bunch of turnovers in that game. Not to take anything away from Utah, but after that loss, the next five games, they've given up a grand total of two touchdowns. That's it. 14 <laughs> points as a team in five games with the last three of them being shutouts, including Northwestern last week who was ranked. So, you know, if they continue along this path, especially with the first year of a new coach, they'll only get better as the season goes on. Now you look at their two big contenders in uh, – actually, the three big contenders in the conference. Their biggest contender from the other division was Northwestern, and they just shut them out. Now you've got Michigan State uh, comes to Ann Arbor, and they have to play them there. And Michigan State's not playing well right now. I mean, they're, they're highly ranked, but their offense has injuries. Their defense is giving up yards and points in buckets. Not very good. And then Ohio State plays at Michigan as well at the end of the season. Ohio State's defense is playing pretty well, but their offense is, is struggling. 
And so there, there's no reason to think that Michigan won't hold the score way, way, way down and have the advantage of creating turnovers on both of those games at home against offenses that are struggling. It may be that this whole paradigm preseason where we thought that it was a two-horse race between Ohio State and Michigan State for the Big Ten's representative in the playoff, we might have been completely wrong. And it may well be that Michigan, Michigan, could end up being a one-loss Big Ten champion and representing that conference in the playoff. Follow him on Twitter, at Team Adich. Always a pleasure, Trevor. Great stuff. We've covered it all. Ronda Rousey, Grizzly Bears, ECU, Cincinnati, and now Michigan. (laughs) Always fun to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Michigan has outscored opponents this season 177-38. to That's good. Hashtag analysis. I just just got paid to say that. Over six games, that is winning every game. I might not be paid to say that anymore. Like 30 to six. That's amazing. They've been so good. They're like the Ronda Rousey of college football right now. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, snap. I see what you did there. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Hadley makes a return trip to BYU Sports Nation. He's going to break down all the injuries in the secondary. and What was happening against East Carolina's pass offense? How does BYU get better before Cincinnati? This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio Simulcast on BYU TV. Welcome back, sports friends. On a Monday, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is rebroadcast every day, Monday through Friday, uh, on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So if you miss the noon Eastern Broadcast. You can catch the rebroadcast on BYU TV. I want to point something out, by the way. On our pregame show and postgame show, you uh, predicted the Y Factor winner correctly. Correct. For Algie the Brown. first time this season. You won last year. We're 0 for through 5, and on game 6, you got it. Also, your bold prediction was correct. You said BYU 40-plus points. They scored 45. Thank goodness nice Tanner Mangum came back into the game. Nice job. Brian Logan got his bold prediction as well. It was a good weekend. David Nixon was uh, cruising for correction and then didn't. Here are the rest of your BYU Sports Nation headlines today. Tanner Mangum throws for 332 yards, three touchdowns, comes back in late to rally the troops. BYU beats East Carolina 45-38. Algie Brown with the BYU Sports Nation karma, three rushing touchdowns, one receiving for a total of four. Fifth-ranked women's soccer beats San Diego 1-0 Friday night with a school record 49 shots and 19 corner kicks. BYU in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah had a sack for the Lions, 42-17. They lost, however, to the Arizona Cardinals and Alani Fua. They're good. Wani Unga led the New York Giants in tackles in a three-point win last night against the San Francisco 49ers. And 15th-ranked women's volleyball beat St. Mary's Saturday. The Fighting Della Vadovas in Moraga in three sets, led by Alexa Gray's 19 kills. Guest number two of the day. Spencer Hadley, former NFL and BYU linebacker, joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Spencer, welcome back once again. You ready to go again? Thanks, fellas. I'm ready. Okay, let's start with this. BYU's pass defense banged up. There were some guys sitting out. Jordan Prater didn't play. Michael Shelton didn't play. Micah Hanneman injured early. So with the banged-up secondary, should we? how concerned should we be that BYU gave up 38 points to a pass-happy offense in the second half? You know, a little concerned. That's not necessarily something that we want to see. Um, however, <clears throat> however, when when you're in a game, in a situation like that, and you have some guys go down last minute, you're you're missing a few guys that 
you were planning on, you're kind of playing by the seat of your pants. And and to to give the guys credit, to give BYU credit, they they did it. They pulled the game off. It wasn't necessarily pretty. It, it wasn't a, a, a dominant performance like we'd like to see, but they pulled it off. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, where they're, they're missing key guys. You got Micah Hanneman goes down early in the game, as you mentioned. You've got to move Kai Nakua over to a corner position, who is who is a great athlete and very capable of playing that position, but to be thrown into it in the middle of the game against a worthy opponent, mind you. It's, I think I think Eastern Carolina might be the best 3-3 three and three team in the country. They had some great athletes in their receiving core and a quarterback who was putting the ball on the money and, and was throwing some great balls, making great decisions, and an offensive coordinator who was, was sticking with that game plan and, and, uh, and did some things well. They exploited some of our weaknesses. So I, well, you, you take a, a guy like Kai Nakua, who, like I said, is a great athlete, very capable, however, in a new position and, and not comfortable. And corner being one of the most difficult positions on the field, if you've got a guy there who's not comfortable with the position, who you know, hasn't had any, any game reps with it, it, it's it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to step into, and so I think it wasn't pretty. But I like the fact that they got it done, and and it took everybody. It took you know effort from from everyone. <clears throat> we we were, had to reach deep down into the into the the depth chart to pull it off, and and I like that they did it. I, I look, like that they pulled it off. Spencer, I look through the first three quarters and I see, you know, I see four sacks. I see three turnovers, um, 21 points allowed. So BYU's on pace. They're up 17, you know, at this point. And then, and then the fourth quarter happens. And we had talked about how, hey, BYU had been owning that quarter. What changed? I, you know, that's a great question. I think that what I noticed out of, out of this game, what, what changed, one of the things that changed is, their offensive coordinator, you, you, it's almost like, it's almost like he changed his mindset going into that fourth quarter, and and stuck with the quick game, and I, it, it affected BYU in in a couple of different ways. First of all, I think our defensive line uh, was was not necessarily prepped for uh, Kemp's passing style. Um, they're looking for uh, I guess it was number eleven. I can't remember his last name, but James Summers, number eleven, who started. Yeah, thank you, Summers. So more more of a runner, a good thrower, but more of a runner. And and so what you noticed in that fourth quarter is the defensive line uh, keeping their rush lanes and not necessarily pinning their ears back and getting after them. And what helped. What helped with that is the offensive coordinator, Eastern Carolina. They they stuck with their quick game, and the best way to defend a quick game is to bat the ball down. Well, to bat the ball down, you can't be in the middle of a pass pass rush move. And so a lot of times you saw the defensive line for BYU come off the ball and, and not necessarily rush, 
but looking to to jump, get the you know, hands up like a you know volleyball player, bat the ball down, and and what that did is that gave him a ton of time, and so they they did a great job, Eastern Carolina, of going back and forth between the quick game, quick pass game, getting rid of the ball real quick, so it's it's really hard to to affect a quarterback. It's hard to to sack or or even hurry him when he's getting rid of the ball on his own quickly. And then the other thing that they were doing is, is when we were trying to combat that with knocking the ball down at the line of scrimmage and not necessarily rushing as hard, they, then he had all, all day to sit back there and, and, and throw the ball. And they had, like I said, great, I think they had great talent, uh, in their receiving core. And, uh, they had some guys that just went up and made great plays. Spencer Hadley joining us on BYU Sports Nation, former NFL and BYU linebacker. Spencer, what kind of a difference does it make when you watch your leader leave the game and then come back in? Walk us through the mentality of a defender. I mean, you play that. What, what was that like to watch it as a fan and also experience it as a player? Sure. Um, it's, it's, it's not the most comforting. <laughs> it's not the most comforting feeling when a guy that you know and a guy that you trust, a guy that you've seen get it done, as we've all seen Tanner Mangum get it done, leaves the game with injury. And, and also, you, you know, initially there, there's, you, you don't panic. You don't jump into panic mode. You don't think, oh, boy, we're done for now. But, you, you know, you, you start to get the guys together. You talk to everyone. They say, hey, you know, we got we got to, carry maybe a little extra load. We gotta carry a little more, especially, you know, defensively where where your guy, your your leader on the offense is gone, is out of the game and you don't know when he's coming back or if he's coming back. And and then on top of that you see the offense start to sputter and, and start to lose momentum. As a defense, that's when you you say, okay, we got to make a play. We got to do something extraordinary. We got to, we have to affect the momentum of the game somehow. Whether it's a turnover, a big play, we got to score on defense. Uh, we we got to do something. Get the crowd into it. Get the sideline into it. Because as much as they're different, defense and offense, one one affects the play of the other. If the defense goes out and dominates, it can really affect the offense coming back onto the field with great field position. You know, maybe we maybe we stole the possession. We turn over. They got a short field. The offense comes out with a little bit more energy. And so, as a defensive player, when when you're losing a you lose a, a key component of your offense, a big play can help boost morale. And, and I think also when you see your offense start to sputter, as the offense did in that fourth quarter, we as a defense it can. We, it can affect you. It can kind of take some of your juice away. You got to find a way to to overcome that. But it's it's a difficult thing, and I think it was a huge thing for the team to see Tanner come back into the game and finish that final drive. Spencer, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for the time, man, and the insight into that BYU defense. You bet. Spencer Hadley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over East Carolina on Saturday night? Is it somebody on defense? Is it the defense collectively? How, how is it not Tanner Mangum? How is it not LG Brown? Is it besides Brown? Tanner Mangum? Four touchdowns? I don't know.
You decide. That's why we asked the question. Up next, Algie Brown joins us from BYU Football Practice. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Inside BYU Football is on tomorrow night as well, 7.30 Eastern time. Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern. Inside BYU Football. Check it out. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over East Carolina? Maybe it's Algie Brown and his four, count them, four touchdowns. He joins us right now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Algie, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, it's good to be back. Whiskers! (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Hey, hey, we... (laughs) Are you a believer in the BYU Sports Nation, Carmen? Now you came on Saturday, four touchdowns uh, against East Carolina. Hey, it's, it's, good to, it's, it's fun. It's just fun. It's a real thing. Algie, walk us through what happened when BYU is trailing 14 to nothing and score 28 straight. What changed to allow BYU to, to finally start some, to find some ground offensively? Um. Our, our coaches, man, they they they're hard coaches. They they challenged us. Um, they 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 gave us a challenge, and um, we we were able to rise to the occasion and just kind of believe in each other. What's that challenge like? What what are they saying on the sideline in that moment? But, um, it was just pretty much um, don't don't get down. I mean, it, it was it was early in the game, and they scored fourteen points, and so they they just kept us kept everything positive. Um, they didn't want anything negative to go through our minds, and so I mean they they just kept us positive and um, challenged us to go go in and just score. Um, they they didn't want any three and out or anything, so I think we we're able to. It was, it, was, it was good to get out and um, score fourteen quick points. BYU junior running back Algie Brown with us on BYU Sports Nation. If you had to give one of your teammates a helmet sticker for their individual performance on Saturday night, who would you give it to? I'd probably either give it to Devon. I mean, he had a huge game, or or Tanner. I, I just give him props for just coming back. I mean, coming off of it, just suffering a, a slight injury and then just coming back is this, and that's pretty beast. When Tanner Mangum comes back into that game, what was that like for you guys? I mean, you you heard it. Uh, the 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 whole stadium was was roaring. Um, it, it gave us a, a real big boost of confidence. I mean, not nothing against uh, Bo. I mean, Bo Bo did awesome, but it just gave us a boost of confidence just hearing the fans be there for us when did, Tanner came back out on the field. Did you have any doubt that you were going to win the game and score on that drive at that moment? No, not at all. Um, we, I, was, I thought we were going to be kicking a field goal, but um, six you, points. You had better. other plans, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did they have eight in the box on that play? What was that? Did ECU have eight in the box on that play that you scored on to win? I think they did. They they the the line. Um, the, I think all of our linemen were covered. Um, their their backers were locked up, and so it was. I think they were expecting something else, but um, we're happy with the result. Algie, I read that Harvey Unga spoke to you and Francis Bernard uh, about your running performance. How much? Or, or, let me ask this: What specifically did Harvey say to you before and/or after the game, after your uh, performance against East Carolina? Um, earlier in the week, uh, he he um, 
we watched film with him. We went over um, just little things, looking at the defenses and you know where, where certain DBs are going to be, where the linemen are going to line up. And so it was it wasn't anything too huge, but it was like the little things that he kind of helped us out with, which made a big difference. You looked and like even after the game, he was proud of us and stuff. Whiskers, you looked like uh, you looked like Harvey Young a couple times there with a few spins, the stiff arm on that fifty-three yard run. I thought you summoned your inner Harvey Young. <laughs> I I think I'm hoping I did. I'm hoping I did. Well, anytime you hit, score four touchdowns, that's uh, that's a pretty good start. Algie Brown with us on BYU Sports Nation. As you move forward now to Cincinnati, and I know it, you're coming off an emotional high, forty-five points, a season high in offense. But now there are question marks about whether your quarterback's going to be able to go, and there are some other key injuries. Where is the team mentally right now and, and health-wise moving forward to Cincinnati? Um, football's a game of, of contact. Um, guys are going to be injured uh, regardless. And so um, I think this morning our coaches helped us out a lot just to keep us there mentally, um, building off of the good things that we've done. And um, I, think, I think we'll be ready. Um, for this week. Cincinnati's coming off of a bye week, and I think we're, we're prepared. Algie, did Tanner Mangum practice today? Um, we, we have practice later on tonight, and so we'll see. Tanner Mangum, the quarterback, comes back in after the hamstring, leads BYU to a 45-38 win over East Carolina. It ended on a positive, but Algie, you've had plenty of time now to think about what you could have done better, perhaps seen some things in film over the weekend, where does BYU need to get better right now? Um, uh, coming from the running back room, I think the biggest thing for us is uh, protecting Tanner, um, just staying in and blocking, blocking forever as long as possible as he can to give Tanner on the time he needs. I mean, if, if you do give him the time, you, you, he's dangerous, man. He's dangerous. Well, Whiskers, we appreciate the time. Nicely done with the four touchdowns, and good luck this week, brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Algie Brown joining us before BYU football practice from the offices. And they've, and they've gone over some stuff, obviously, but the actual go out there and play, physically play football practice part tonight. Okay. So we'll, we'll find out tomorrow if uh, Tanner Mangum is practicing. Who gets your helmet sticker? I've seen a lot of responses for Algie Brown. Helping BYU turn things around. He besides provided the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, besides Tanner it's Besides Mangum. Tanner. I'm gonna go a little Tanner off. gets the helmet sticker. I'm going to go Come a little on. off the board relatively when we give out our helmet stickers next, plus a loaded Cougar whip around. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. You get one of my helmet stickers. Thank you. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. It's time to whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU beat East Carolina 45-38, led by Tanner Mangum's 332 passing yards and three touchdowns. Algernon Brown, who scares, leveraged the BYU Sports Nation karma with four touchdowns. Also, Paul Meyerberg of the USA Today re-ranked all FBS teams. He has BYU at 32. Right where they are in the AP poll if you count votes. I know you don't do that, Jeremy. I don't. ESPN's bolt predictions have BYU playing USC in the Vegas Bowl or BYU and a ranked Houston team right now in the Hawaii Bowl. Soccer. The fifth-ranked Cougars beat San Diego 1-0 Friday night with a school record 49 shots and 19 corner kicks. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansa had a sack for the Detroit Lions, but the Lions lost 42-17 to the Arizona Cardinals. Wani Unga 
led the Giants again in tackles in a three-point win last night against the 49ers. Volleyball. 15th-ranked Brigham beat St. Mary's Saturday in Moraga in three sets, led by Alexa Gray's 19 kills. Swimming and diving. 19 kills. The men and women's swim teams place first in the 200 freestyle relay at the Colorado Mesa Invitational over the weekend. What's up, Grand Junction? Cougars in the CFL. Austin Collie had three receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown in the BC Lions loss to Winnipeg. Jimmer! (laughs) Can't get on. Can't get enough of it. Jimmer for dead and the Spurs continue preseason play tonight at Miami, 5.30 p.m. Eastern tip. Golf. Men's team begins competition today in the Alistair McKenzie Invitational at Cal Berkeley. Athletics. Also a great drop. BYU adds two women's teams to its extramural roster. Women's rugby and women's lacrosse will both compete as university extramural teams starting in January. Very cool. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. You need the most. DexterLaw.com. I want to give it to Robert Anai for calling a beautiful game against East Carolina. That's a complete miscalculation. No, thing that, three? Is, that is right That's on, That's who he is. Man. He's thing three with us. <laughs> one, one, two, Robert and I, Rob, Bob and I is Dr. Three. Who gets your helmet sticker from BYU's win over ECU at Dilly Dally says the offensive line on the game-winning touchdown. They were blocking like it was the Super Bowl. My helmet sticker goes to Tanner Mangum. Easy choice. Injured, comes back in, BYU wins. If he does not come back in that game... BYU probably loses that game. I'm giving my helmet sticker to a guy we haven't discussed a whole lot today. That is Devon Blackman. Oh, man, he balled out. He was great. He had a career night, nine catches, 143, I believe, receiving yards. Devon Blackman, one of the unsung heroes, 147 yards receiving for D. Black. Still no touchdown. He's got to come on this show, get the karma, and get a touchdown. That's going to happen. It's going to I thought he was going to break it on that. We saw some of that for the first time, I think, that stupid fast. On one play, and I was like, oh, get to the end zone. It's fine that he's not stupid fast. He's a stupid good receiver. Yeah. He's catching he's a, lot great. Of, a lot of passes, getting a ton of yards Receiver right core overall has been fantastic oh, yeah. this year. More Nick Kurtz, though. More Nick Kurtz. At elite tw- an elite tweet of the day, rather. At Greg Rosenham. Tanner Mangum's hamstring deserves a sticker for letting him go back and help win the game. It needs to be good this week, man. <laughs> Thanks to Trevor Maddich, Spencer Hadley, Algie Brown, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast downloaded on iTunes or the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to James Allen. We are back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Beat Cincinnati.